Blog Talk Radio. Schedule, and this is your first interview in two years, and that's a that's an almost three years. 
Almost three years. Ain't that some shit? That's what I'm talking about. And mm-hmm. uh, oh, thank it, you. I, You're welcome, but yeah. thank you. No, and uh, you know, I'm I'm pleased to have you. I mean, I I know a lot about you. I had the book. Uh, you know, I've been checking you out on social media. You're doing your thing, and you know, they say you're a troublemaker. So talk to us. How you doing today? <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> Good trouble. <laughs> Good trouble, good trouble. You are author, you are, you know, you are a model, you are a spiritual speaker, you're an entrepreneur, and again, thank you for being a part and of I'm our a show tonight. And I'm a filmmaker and screenwriter. Yeah, she does it all, y'all. producer, producer, set designer. That comes from being an independent filmmaker. So, tell us, welcome and uh, tell us who Robin K. Miller is, you know. Was was she 22 years old? You went, you started in the, you know, uh, you know, uh, God, I don't, I'm a uh, correction officer. As a correction officer. Correction officer. As a why correction you, officer. At 22, 21 why, going on 22, or either 20 going on 21. I was young. Why, in my why 20s you going into, from the projects to the prison system. That's right. Brownsville Housing Project. Jacks out of uh, Brooklyn, but you uh, That's right. you was born in Queens. Born in Queens. I was born in Queens, uh-huh. General, and then we moved straight to Brooklyn. I Brooklyn did 25 years out here. <laughs> as a matter of fact, <laughs> Mike Tyson's from Brownsville as well. All right. And our motto growing up was, Brownsville never ran, never will. There it is. That was Ooh, our motto growing is. up. So, um, so you know, you 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 wrote this book about you know the corrections facilities. What, why did you, why did you uh, you know uh, come about writing the book about you know the corrections in uh, New York City, Robin? Well, initially, um, I was because I went through a lot on the job. I, I I describe it as being in a bad relationship with the New York City Department of Correction. So initially when I was doing the first draft for the book, which was 500 pages, it was about my gripes and all the things that my colleagues and and my bosses, all the things that they did to me. And as I started writing and after I finished reading the first draft, it was like it, it appeared to be an angry black woman book. Um, so I edited it, and it turned out to be a manual. I literally explained and described each faucet of the correction department from, you know, what is an inmate, what is a correction officer, you know, the different, um, like, state correction, city correction, solitary confinement. I explained it to the public because I realized that a lot of people don't know what goes on behind the prison walls, and you can't expect them to, because you know if, if they don't, if they've never been to prison or jail, or they've never had a family member in prison or jail, they have no idea. And it's not like, you know, people wake up in the morning and say, "Oh, I wonder what's going on in the county jail." Like, you know, <laughs> people don't know, right. but but it's it's a plantation. It's a modern it's modern day slavery. It's a plantation. And as a matter of fact, um, Rikers Island owned and named after Rikers, who used to be a plantation owner. So it's a lot of history um, just in Rikers Island alone. 
But I wrote the book, um, eventually it was about me, and God made me write it about the actual um, prison system, jail system, period. And also, as you read in the first chapter, what people don't realize is that anybody can go to jail. You don't have to do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And you can go to jail or prison or both. That's right. That's right. I just left it there, right? <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to keep talking for us, but... Um, for, I just for, left for, it there. Yeah. So, so, I heard cricket. So, <laughs> so, so, Robin, so all the people that 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 are listening and everything you know not only you know you have you, you have people that are locked up you guys are locked up as well too correctional officers are locked up as well too with you know with the you know with the convicts and you know mental illness and stuff so your day you know you spend what 8 to 12 hours sometimes you guys do doubles and stuff like that so you have to have your mental health is, is 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 you have your mental health is just as just as the inmates, correct? Well, it didn't affect me, and I didn't realize it until after I retired, after doing twenty years. It didn't affect me, um, so I thought. But I think you know, growing up in the projects helped me maneuver. And, and uh, you know, on Rikers Island and, and the other facilities that I worked at, and can I work with the male prisoners? I didn't work with the female prisoners. I probably would have quit had I worked with the females. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't. Uh-uh. Um, but it was like, for me, you know, looking back now, it was like one big council session. Like, I became these prisoners, mothers, fathers, aunties, cousins, like, you know, their minister, their spiritual advisor, like, you know, it was a, every time I came to work, because they kept me with the inmates, because I wasn't in the office on my knees, so I had to work with the inmates, which I didn't have a problem with that. But it, 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 it reminded me of being actually on the avenue in Brownsville, out in the streets. It's just that you know, everybody's just, you because know, everybody's walking around where I worked at. And then when they're in the cells, it's like, you know, I'm still in the back with them, um, um, you know, just talking to them and, you know, trying to basically do my job as far as reforming. But it didn't hit me until I retired. And it really didn't hit me until nine years after I retired and I started writing the book. And then I realized, it was like, wow, you know, I couldn't believe I actually stayed. And believe me, I wanted to quit every year. And it wasn't because of the prisoners. It was because of my colleagues giving me hell every day. Yeah, we're going um, we're gonna, to we're gonna jump into that. We're going to jump into that a little bit yeah, later. Yeah, but it wasn't yeah. being with the pris- talking to the pris- prisoners and being with the prisoners was my highlight, really, of the day, looking back at it now. Because my thing is, as long as you don't disrespect me, don't curse around me, don't smoke no weed around me, you know, we we good. You know what I'm saying? Like, we good. Right. And they listen, and no fighting. No fighting, no cursing. We're good, and we're good. And they listen. Like, men, y'all are just, like, for me, 
y'all easy. Like, <laughs> y'all, <laughs> I can get y'all to do anything I want. You know what I'm saying? It's like I get a lot of respect because of the way I am. And I can get y'all to do anything I want. If I if I want y'all to really do something, I can get you to do it. Crickets. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I I've, I've read, I've read, you know. Oh yeah, I know. And just let everybody know, uh, Miss Miss Robin uh, K Miller is a beautiful woman. So just so you guys that are listening, yeah, she can make you do anything she wants. She is a a beautiful young lady. Not and that again, I do. I think, not that I, you know, I go out of my way to, you know. To manipulate and you know and try to get them to do anything but <laughs> i was able and i realized that after i retired because right. i got these you're talking about being around men from age 80 that are not sentenced yet they still most of them still going back and forth to court the ones that were sentenced only had a year less you're talking about anybody from a robber to a rapist to a murderer like i'm around all of these types of people being accused of all of these heinous non-heinous crimes so i'm you know i had to evaluate myself when i left and i realized you know i mean i don't know if it's from growing up in the projects or whatever the gift of the gab but i'm real see that's the difference like i'm real they could they could spot a fake in a minute you can't tell if they spot a fake i'm real and i'm up front and my thing is i didn't come in there I don't care why you're here. I don't want to know why you're here. I'm not here to play judge and jury. That's God's job. That was always my mindset going in. And it's, the main thing for me was respect. That's right. Uh, uh, Robin, let's, let's, let me do this. Let's go to chat. I, I read a little bit. You know, I said I read your book, Chapter 2. Explain to uh I read it and I and I got the uh the, the idea what it is. Explain to people what a correctional officer really is. What is a correctional officer? The police are the jails. They're babysitters. We're high paid babysitters. And as a matter of fact, if you work on Rikers Island right now, you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year. We're babysitters. Police of the jails without the guns. We don't carry no guns. We're the police of the jails, cut and dry. We got the same powers that police have on the streets. We carry a firearm off duty. We wear we um we wear the same uniform. We get the same pay. The only difference is correctional officers make a lot more because of the overtime. Something I did not do. Eight hours was enough for me. I was out. <laughs> He said, like, you stuck. No, you stuck. I was, uh-uh. <laughs> no. That's right. He said, fuck that shit. Mm. Eight hours, I'm going to hell home. I ain't doing it. Yeah, I feel you on that. Because it's, uh, that's a, a long eight hours in, in the correction. So, so let's do this. Let's go to a quick 30-second uh, a commercial, uh, Robin, and we'll be right back with Robin K. Miller, you guys, the author of Inside the dark underbelly of Rikers Island, right here on the Hilltop Radio Show. And we'll be right back, you guys. A dose of hope coming at ya. Hey, 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 this is your girl, Hope Cherie. Listen, 
be careful who you align yourself with and watch your surroundings. You know, you can't be around people who think that your growth is competition. And I live by the motto, if you can't be happy for me, then we have nothing in common. This message is brought to you by A Dose of Hope Radio and A Dose of Hope.org. Hi, you guys. Welcome back. This is the Hilltop Radio Show. We've got Rob and Kay Miller with us Yay! here live on the Hilltop Radio Show, you guys. <laughs> and this is the one and only. So, so Robin, now, let's, 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 get into a little, let's get into a little deeper now. Your colleagues worried more about who the female guards, correction officers, I don't want to say guards, correction officers, was sleeping with instead of concentrating on inmates, correct? Yeah. They was more interested in either who you were sleeping with or trying to sleep with you. Now, you had that issue coming in at the age of 22, right? 21, 22, correct? Oh, please. Coming on the job. First thing they did was put me in personnel. I was fresh meat. (laughs) Hey, hold on. I was fresh meat, so they put me in personnel. I guess see who can get first digs. Because then the personnel is the personnel officers, but it's not so much as them wanting to get at you. Then the bosses is always in there, you know, so you fresh meat, you know, like a piece of chicken in there. But I found, you know, you know, all they had me doing in there was filing. And then I, you know, found one day I'm, I'm in the filing cabinet. I'm bending down, and they bending down with me. Their eyes all up in the crack of my butt. So I was like, I was done. I was like, look, if you put me in here to have sex, it's not going to happen. I didn't come to work to F. I came to work to work. And they were furious that I even, because I was raw, really raw back then. They was furious with me, and they threw me out of there after that. They called themselves, oh, we're going to put in there with the inmates. Yay! Because most of the guys, when I came on Rikers Island, not most of them, but a lot of them I knew from the streets. They grew up in the projects with me. So I was in my, you know, I was in my own element inside the prison system. And those were the ones that protected me from the other inmates. So I didn't have to, I was never afraid in there. That's, that's, no, let me backtrack. I was only afraid maybe one time, mental observation patient. We call them 730s. Mm. I think I was only afraid with one time I had to watch the MOs, mental observation. Wow. So, yeah, any female that comes in there, they on them like, they don't even care what you look like, to be honest with you. They on they on like white on right. See who can get it first. <laughs> and then a lot of females come in there, they don't want to work with the inmates. So they'd rather go in the office and get on their knees and be wow. passed around. Uh-uh, not me, honey. That's why I always worked in with the inmates. I never had those office positions. You know, so I was fine, though. All right. Uh, we got some other people on here. Um, uh, welcome, Miss Peggy. Welcome, Mr. Al Davis. Welcome, DJ GQ, DJ Gro- Gro- uh, Groove. Welcome to the show, you guys. Anybody want to ask uh, Miss Robin? Al, you got a question for Miss Robin K. Miller? I'm just so amazed that uh, how you doing first? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm blessed. Yes, you are. I can tell it. I can tell it. <laughs> Thank I'm you. Just so, 
context of maybe, you know, just listening to, you know, part of your life story. And, you know, from the beginning, God was with you from the beginning and, you know, um, and all the way. And and I'm just so amazed of your, of your life story. You, you, you really have a life story to tell. You really do. Yes. And you know what? It's, it's, it's crazy you say that because, you know, I do a lot of thinking. Um, I do a lot of assessing and evaluating my life. And I realized that, because we didn't get to talk about it yet, but I'm doing a TV series called The DOC. Mm-hmm. And I realized that God has been grooming me since my 20s when I came to the prison system. It's a, that's the reason why I made it out in one piece, so I could tell the story and bring it to the attention of the world because everybody has this misconception that the police are the worst out there, but it's not. The correction officers, especially in the state prison system, are far worse than the police in the streets. It's a lot of George Floyd going on in state prison throughout the USA and abroad, but mainly throughout these state prisons um, in the USA. And that's why the book was one thing. And and to be honest with you, I was going through a, a rough patch in 2014, and I had to go to God, and God guided me to the book. And I told God, I don't know nothing about writing no book. But I'm a filmmaker. My passion is writing films. And I said, um, I'll do the book. But when I do the book, I want to do the film. Mm-hmm. And I did the book, released the book. And a year later, I filmed my first pilot. It was called Rock Island. And I had oh, no yeah. money to do it. And God sent me the proper people. As a matter of fact, God sent me a billionaire who wound up putting up over 50000 for me mm-hmm. to get the, the um, pilot done. That's so, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, my story is is probably um, crazy, but I, I'm not on myself like that. Like, you know, I just act normal. <laughs> <laughs> I act like it's not a big deal. I mean, well, I mean, uh, around all those, you know, murderers and burglars and, you know, molesters and rapists and stuff, I mean, 22 years, the only time you was assaulted was by a correction officer. You never was assaulted by any yeah. any uh, any of the inmates. You was assaulted by a correction officer. Correct? And they covered it up. Right. Yeah, his name was James Carter. <laughs> and the bottom line is he wanted it. He wanted He wanted some. He wanted some of the cookie. That's what the bottom line was, <laughs> and he couldn't get it. I remember coming, I because we used to have to take a bus. Like, I worked in the New York City Correctional Institution for Men on Rikers Island. It's now called the Eric M. Taylor Center. And we had to take a bus from the from the jail to the main building in order to get to our cars or public transportation. We used to call it the Rikers Island bus. And I remember um, getting on the bus with the rest of my colleagues, and when I went to get off, everybody was laughing. So by the time I got to the almost like the bottom of the step to get ready to leap out, I turned around, 
this same guy was sniffing my seat that I just got up out of. And I looked at him. I was like, you're disgusting. Wow. And I think ever since, and everybody laughing at him, and I think ever since then he just really had it gunning for me because, you see, he couldn't, like, he couldn't get nowhere with me. So, yeah, they covered it up. And I was worried wow. about losing my job, and I ain't even do nothing. Because then you... Because then, then you learn how to push that pin on them, right? And in the, in the. Oh, I was pushing the pin already, but when you got the whole building, including the warden against you, like they wanted to really crucify me, but they would have had to crucify him too. So wow. I had to work three days for free. From him assaulting me, I had to work three days for free. Oh, I got so more to tell. Um, wait till this TV series come out. I got some stories. So basically what um, you're saying, the male... DJ, DJ Groove, go ahead. Yeah, so um, basically what, what you're saying is that the males, the male officer had it, um, got away with anything they want, regardless of what it may be. They didn't get into trouble for what they did to you. Of course not. Not wow. only to me, to all the females. It's, wow. it's after so much research. It's females that got raped, assaulted by bosses, male bosses. Oh, no, it's a man's world, like in the prison system. Like they, as a matter of fact, when I came on the job in 1983, my class was the first class of female officers to go behind what you call a B-gate. Because when you go into a housing area... It's usually an A officer. They sit in a little bubble in the booth doing all the paperwork. And then the B officer is behind the gate, the lock gate, with the inmates. And the officers right. took, the male officers took the females to court. Um, and then we had to go behind the B gate. But they didn't want wow. females. They didn't feel females should be in a men's jail. They wanted us all in the woman's house. Wow. And that's not where I wanted to be. I probably would have quit. I, we probably wouldn't even be having this conversation. I can't deal with a bunch of females. And then females, you know, they size you up, they challenge you, and and the females get away with a lot in the woman's house that was on Rikers Island. So, yeah, but the men, yeah, they they ran they ran to jail. Wow. Anybody else got other questions? Ms. Peggy, you got a question? Uh, yes, sir, DJ Sean. Uh, thank you. Uh, it is a great honor to be in your presence, and oh my congratulations on everything that you're doing and working on. And um, I just want to say that um, it is so great that you are here telling your story and the movie and everything else that you're doing uh, is truly amazing. Um, the word, um, so there was no, they had no repercussions on the men at all. Um, that's terrible, I want to say, for one thing. Um, was there a lot of fights between, you know, um, employees, the correctional officers, you know, yourselves, was there a lot of fights within the office that they kept 
hidden that they didn't want people to know as well? Well, it, it was, yeah, men, the men, they fought probably in the locker room over the girls, you know, <laughs> who, you messing with my girl type thing, yeah, probably. Um, the females, but I've never seen it. I've never seen it, but I'm quite sure that was going on. The females, um, I've never seen them fight, but I do know that they tried to fight me. They tried to set me up to make me fight. Um, when I was still a rookie, um, two senior officers tried to, tried to trip me down the stairs, a flight of stairs, when I was going to the locker room. They tried to mm-hmm. provoke me, and I didn't take the bait. I need a job. And I'm a thinker. I'm a Virgo. We think. We don't just react. The average person mm-hmm. would have punched both of them out and lost their job, but... And then they, one of them wind up being, she went all the way to the top. She wound up being a, um, a warden, supervising warden, a deputy chief. Her wow. name was Sandra Langston. She tried to push me down the stairs. They tried to trip me in, trip me in, push me down the stairs. Her and, and Officer Holder, two female officers. That I didn't even really know. They were senior officers. Looking up to them like, you know, these are real, you know, they've been there. But, no, I didn't see, like, literally see people, like, throwing down. You know, you hear about it. You know, but actually seeing them fight, fight, nah. Yeah. Wow. And do you think that any of the um, people working together, the correctional officers, um, do you think that they have fathered any children? Of course. Do you think that they were? Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes. Well, well, I, my 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 baby daddy to my <laughs> to my grown child is is well, is an officer, a retired or retired captain now. Um, my husband, um, I married. He was an officer. We didn't have any kids. Um. It's a lot. See, see, when you in your work environment, it's easy to get into a relationship. When you spend most of your time at work, it's easy to get in a relationship at work. And when I went, when I when I came on a job, I was already in a relationship, but I broke up, you know, with the guy eventually, and then I was single, so I was free to date. But at some point, I started hearing about. Um, a lot of female officers was coming on the job, and they was targeting the bosses, um, the captains, the, the deputy wardens, assistant deputy wardens, the chiefs. They was targeting them to have babies by them um, for child support. It became a business because see, when you when you after you have a child, you could take three years off. It's with no pay and no benefits, but you can come back to your job. So it's a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of officers that have babies by officers and bosses. Oh, yeah. But that's like probably with like any other job where it's a lot of people like that. The office, romance. You know, you dating these people you think you're in love and, you know, a lot of the guys, they just want the cookie and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. They, 
that's the truth. And um, I have one other question. Uh, How old was the oldest prisoner, um, prisoner that was, um, that was there? I think when I was there, I remember one in their 70s. I think I remember one in their 70s. But see, what people don't realize is Rikers Island is a county jail. They think Rikers Island is a prison and everybody's doing hard time. No, Rikers Island is a county jail where you've been accused of a crime and you're waiting to go to court. So a lot of them used to sit on Rikers Island because they didn't have money for bail. That's why they changed the bail system. And that's why that's that's what became of Khalif Browder. Remember the Khalif Browder story? I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. But he was yep. the guy that sat up on Rikers Island, the kid, mm-hmm. for three years, going back and forth to court because they wanted him to plead guilty to something that he didn't do, and he refused. So that's why they changed it in New York, and they really need to go back and reform it a little bit more because they let the wrong people out, and they're coming out and they're committing crimes. But somebody going there for a petty crime, you can sit up in there at that point for like three years going back and forth to court, you know, for a crime that you possibly didn't commit. Yeah, but wow. like in the 70s, I think. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, DJ Sean. Are you thank guys you. on the radio show? We've got the one and only Robin Kate Miller is in the house with us here on the Hilltop Radio Show. We're going to go from one Robin to another Robin. Robin Lynn, anything you want to ask Robin K? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, it's Thank you for being on the show. It's really awesome to be speaking with you. And I Thank am so me. sorry for what happened to you in your service. Um, I, 17, when I went in the Air Force, and I was raped by another military person it, from a person that was in a position of authority. It's a balance of power that they abuse because they want something from you that they can't get. Like, they can't come up and just try to court you or ask you out and and get to know you. No. They have Mm -hmm. to exert their power over you Mm -hmm. and take it from you. Okay, and then when you, like you said, when you don't give in to that, they get very, very angry and they retaliate. That happens a lot. I kept my mouth shut for the whole eight years that I was in the service. So so um, I didn't report it until after 20 years after I got out. And it was a mistake. Because holding it inside um, really messed me up in the head. I mean, really. Yeah, I guess so, so, yes. And so I'm just really glad to be hearing you uh, and your experience, how people have come to support you, how you have uh, uh, stood up for yourself, spoke up for yourself, and you're just a great Example, and I commend you, and I really, really thank you. And listening to you is bringing me 
a lot of healing. <laughs> good, good. Well, I, well, as, yeah. as far as is um, sexual abuse, sexual harassment, the rapes. Oh, that's going into the DOC because there have been females that have been raped by officers, by bosses. So it's like it has to go into the TV series. And the TV series is 50 states. It's going to be over 500 plus episodes, 500 plus seasons. So I'm going from state to state and covering all of this, all of this stuff that is hidden from the public. I'm getting ready to cover it all of that in a dramatic thriller with a comedic edge. It's like mm-hmm. it's the correction officer version of Oz meets The mm-hmm. Wire. I'm getting ready mm-hmm. to cover all of this because it's all been swept under the rug. And and these these prison systems have to be reformed. It's a lot of trumping going on up there. This KKK is all in these state facilities brutalizing um not just prisoners, officers too. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the black uh, um inmates anymore. It's all racist. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of supporters I, I was- um whose family members, a lot of supporters that are white, whose family members are in there being brutalized, that come to me for help on how to um, stop, basically stop the bleeding. But that's horrible um, mm. with you with the service. Mm. like, And a lot of women started coming forth, right, in the last two years. We started coming forward. Uh, in 2012, even before that, right, uh, right, the, right, we, right, right, we, right. we did a movie. We did. did we were. I was in a movie called The Invisible War about military sexual trauma. And the thing about it is, is that people are coming forward, and more people are coming forward, men and women, but mm-hmm. it's still happening at the same rate, if not more, than ever. Just like in the prison system, it ain't got yep. one bit better, not one bit. Well, so. it stopped probably stopped for a little while because 2012, President Obama was in there, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, they are, saw a lot of people a, fell back a he, little bit, right? It it was it was huh. they fell back, but at the same time, there there's no. There's no agency that has any authority over the military. Right, 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 right. right. And so there's no nothing or no one to hold them accountable for anything it's at no all. Watchdog. And a lot of their and it's no watchdog. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's none. Just mm-hmm. like in in in, in yeah. corrections, it's no watchdog. Yeah. So they so yeah. they do it, and it's your word against theirs, right? And not only that, in the in the military, uh, uh, if if the victim is married, they will prosecute her for adultery mm. and and kick her out of the air force. Yeah, mm. and give the perpetrator a pass. And if they're overseas and commit the commit the crime. If the unit 
wraps up their deployment, their assignment over there, they come back to the States, they close all the cases, and nothing ever happens to them. So you have all these perpetrators that come back over here, and they get released into Gen Pop, okay? Oh, and these same fools, right, are getting released <laughs> from the military, and they're going straight into the correction system, police yep. and DOC. Okay, yep. thank you. Just but saying. you know what? It's crazy Sorry. that you. It's 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 crazy that you bring that up. Um, no, that that you on this interview because in my TV series, the lead that plays me is a former a retired combat veteran, and it starts out with her. Yep. Um, fighting. Yep. The military men. Yep. Wow! So she's coming into yeah, then, into the prison system as a correctional officer with that background. Let me tell you what happens so, to mm. us. They put us on command. You know how you have mm. a guard dog or an attack dog, and you go stick mm. them, and then when the dog does what they're supposed to do, you go down, boy, right? They put us on command in the military, and they train us to kill, to do all of this horrible stuff, right? And then they never take us off command. So we're released mm. into Gen Pop, and we're, we're activated with all of this energy that we've been trained to do and activated to do and set off to do. We didn't get there by ourselves. Yep. That's that PT. That's where that PTSD comes in at. Yes, there you go. Exactly. And you know, correction is quasi-military. So when we're training, yeah. they're training us in the county jail for the county jail to go into the county jail. That the inmates are the enemy. They training us yep. on karate, all kinds of stuff. Going there is kill, kill, kill. That's how they. they you know, they got you hyped up. You know, that's how they had me. We're going in there, they're inmate, they're not your friends, <laughs> they kill, they're this, yep. they're that. And then I go into the prison yep. system, and I see my homeboys. I'm like, what the hell yep. is this? You want me yep. to kill them? I went to public school with some of these yep. people. This is in my head. I'm like, yep. uh-uh. I fell right out of their little brainwashing techniques. They call them, but this one kills yeah. me with them, too. Oh, they scumbags of the earth, and they trash, and they this and that. But then when one of us get arrested, oh, they yeah. want they, they got to change the rules. The little double standard come in. Like our union, yeah. our union president just went to jail for, for he, what he got, five years, Norman Seabrook? Now, and, oh, he stole money. Like he stole, he stole our money. Like, yeah. he literally stole our money and sold the, well, the newer people, because I was retired already. He sold them down the river where they wasn't going to get some of their money to somebody that was high risk in the stock market. They caught him with $60,000, I think it was, in a Gucci bag or one of them designer bags. But when he goes to jail, oh, he was such a nice guy. So, wait, what happened to kill, kill, scumbag? What happened to that? Uh -huh. Yeah. Like, you're so full of it. Oh, man, they're just so full of it. Just double standard. 
They want to get leniency, and everybody got to have compassion for him. But what about all the other prisoners that was in there? This guy flat out and, guilty. And like, he got caught. And what about the compassion? Because a lot of, in these days and times, a lot of people commit crimes out of uh, necessity. A lot of them are mentally yeah. ill. But they want it when the police respond, they want to respond punitively. Okay? Yeah. There's a lot of people inside inside the prison uh, system that need to be in a mental facility, except when they shut yes. down most of the mental facilities. And so they just, they when they can't, when, they, when the society doesn't know what to do, then they dump them on the police. But the police are there to protect and serve their safety officers. And they're only authorized to, to do just a few certain things. That's why when you call the police and it's a certain situation, they tell you, well, you have to take that to court because there's only things that they're allowed to do. Detain you, okay, <laughs> question mm-hmm. you, arrest you, all right? There's only so many things the police are authorized to do. And then you have to understand that these guys are trained to be combative towards us. So when you call them, man, listen, when I call the police, I sit down, I I put my hands up under my butt, I don't move. The officer sat down and next in front of me, he says, are you afraid of the police? I go, yes, sir, I am. And And he said, why? I said, because my family members have called the police on me more than once when I was in a state of agitation. And when the police came, they took me to the psych ward, and the psych ward slammed me up in a jacket and slammed me up with drugs. And I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't commit any crime. Mm-hmm. I was just sick. Okay? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm afraid of y'all. So, you know. <laughs> Oh, you done All been right. through a lot of trauma. All right. You done been through yeah. a lot of trauma. This is uh wow. this is this is the Hilltop Radio Show, y'all. We're gonna go into another commercial and we'll be right back with Miss Robin K. Miller. Um, Yay! as they said in correction facilities, the troublemaker. The troublemaker. Yes! <laughs> Yay! We're right back, y'all. <laughs> You're listening to the best DJ, keeping the party rocking on all social media platforms. Stay tuned for more hip hop and R&B. The best mixer. Playing the bangers. Don't forget to wash your hands. Hey, you guys. Welcome back. It's the Hilltop Radio Show. And also, uh, last night I made a mistake and told you all the wrong numbers. Tonight is 1,250 episodes, uh, published episodes right here on Hilltop Radio Show. So the accomplishment is tonight, not last night. So I want to apologize and throw that out to you guys. Robin K. Miller is in the house. She's been on Anderson Cooper. She's been on CNN. She's been on Channel yes. 77. 
uh, Savage Radio. You've done it all. I watched the uh, the tape with you on um, Edison Cooper, and my man, that's uh, uh, I think he was from uh, oh that liar, right? Oregon, yeah, the liar and everything. He was really you trying could tell to make he was himself, lying, right? Yeah, he was trying to make himself look good and make you look bad. He was, let's 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 talk about how. Well, you saw my expression, right? We oh we yeah, were. Like, oh I know you wanted to cuss him out, but you know he was on national TV. But you you kept your cool, your, your composure and everything. Why 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 do you know? The correctional, why did they go to that, stoop that low just to lie about the truth that people know that's going on behind the walls in the prison system, Robin? I think he just, for him, I think he just wanted his 15 minutes of fame. But but, but with the prison system, um, they, got, they got the blue wall of silence, like with the police. Like, they don't talk. They don't, they don't. That's why when when the reason the reason I got on Anderson Cooper is when they had I don't know if you remember this they had the escape at Clinton Correctional mm-hmm. Facility which Ben Stiller yep. wound up doing a movie Escape at Danamora. So at the time when that incident happened, they was looking for female correction officers to speak about it, and it was nobody else out there talking. A year prior to that. Um, or two years prior to that, I was in the New York Post, which is the big paper out here, one of the big papers besides the Daily News. I was in the New York Post, which was my hell as a Rikers guard. Um, so that's how they found me, and that's why they invited me. And then plus I was on um, Nightline News, World News, and, mm-hmm. and they saw mm-hmm. that interview as well, and that's why they called me to come to um, CNN. I did Anderson Cooper and Poppy Hollow. Um, and then they just, I just did a lot of interviews back then. But I don't know, correctional officers, they lie. I mean, I don't know. But the blue wall for me is black. When they, they abuse me my whole entire career, I'm talking, I don't care. Like, I'm going to put the truth out there. So I, I, I know, know, man, you talked about this uh, last week and the question I asked you, and I'm going to ask it again, you know, live on the air. Do, or, do you get harassed by, you know, the the police, you know, or – you know, ex-correctional officers because of the book and, you know, the TV series and stuff that you're getting ready to put out? Do you, you know, you get stopped or, you know, phone calls, hanging up, things like that? Do, has that ever happened Click to on you? The phone. Nope, I wish. <laughs> so I can go back on TV. I wish. No. Nobody, like I said, nobody don't care about correctional officers. Now, if it was the police department I was going after, which I wouldn't, Oh, I probably wouldn't even be here right now because they play dirty and they're more powerful. And that's sad because we got the same rights as them. I can arrest people the whole nine. They prefer that we don't, but I have the same powers basically as the police. Where they wow. require it, I'm authorized. Like, I can walk past the crime. They can't. But, no, I've um, nothing. Like, But you know what? A lot of my um, old colleagues, they was upset at first um when i did the book um and and mm-hmm. I, when i did the movie but when they realized that mm-hmm. i'm not going after rikers island they're done they already exposed i already exposed them when they realized that i was going after state prison because state prison 
is far worse than Rikers Island will ever be. Rikers Island like ballet school compared to state prison. So a lot of them now, you know, they, they you know, as far as them having a little attitude like I cared, um, nah, they, they, they get it. It's state prison because then again, too, um, while I was on this journey, a couple of my colleagues contacted me. Their kids was upstate. And got hurt by officers upstate. So, nah, they know it's a difference between the county jail and when you go upstate. At least yeah. in New York, in New York City, going to New York State. Now the other states, different ball game. County jail, state prison, same thing. You're gonna get abused in all of them, straight up. Mm-hmm. So, nah, I'm not. No phone calls, no nothing. But I hear they want my head on a platter at Attica State Prison because of the book, and my book is banned. Yeah, I was getting ready to say that. New York State Prison. Yeah, yeah. It's banned. It's It's not on the recommended reading list. (laughs) It's literally banned. Because, see, they jump, like I told you, they jump. My nephew's in state prison, and and the officers jumped him as I was writing the book. That's what took oh, my attention man. from Rikers to State. I didn't know how bad State was. Mm. I guess that was another door. That's the reason why God put me in that position. Because then I started doing a lot of research, and then when they jumped my nephew, I threw the playbook back at him. You see them letters that's in that book. And, he, mm-hmm. and that's why I wrote that book and put them letters in there. So anybody that has a family member in um, a State facility, or even a county jail, that is exactly how you write your document. You start doing a paper trail. Because I done wrote to, from the commissioner to the mayor, the governor, Barack Obama, <laughs> the FBI, and I threw the playbook back at them. They was pissed. They, they kept their hands. They, they, they stopped messing with them, though. But I sent my nephew a book just two months ago. He told me to send him a book. I said, they're not going to let you keep it. You're not even going to get it. He said, send it anyway. Now, the last time I sent him a book was back in 2016. No, 20, yeah, 2016. And they had to go through the book, and they gave him out of 212 pages, they gave him one page. Wow. Just one. <laughs> so this time, they didn't give him yeah. any. Yeah. <coughs> Let's, let's go a little. The rest, I guess the rest they didn't want him to read. Period. We're, we're gonna we're gonna jump on the uh, the we're gonna talk about your your sitcom and the movie. Let's go in a little deeper, uh, Robin. Let's get into the the smuggling, you know, the drugs and you know the prostitution rings and stuff that goes on. Talk to us about that. Well, I mean, it's big business. Um. When I came on a job, I remember working um, in a dorm. It was me. I was in. I was on the A post. Remember, I explained the A and the B post. Mm-hmm. And this guy, um, correction officer Hugo Rivera, was on the B post. And it was the midnight till my first midnight. So I'm new. I'm brand new. And you know, you, the thing is, you got to watch your partner. You know. So and it's, and it's dark back there. So I'm looking. You know, I'm keeping my eye on him while I'm sitting in the booth and just, you know, doing the paperwork or whatever, and there's nothing really to do. 
That's why I said we babysitters. You just sit there because all you got to do is take a count. Once the count is over, that's it. And then you just write in a logbook every half hour, 15 minutes, whatever. So I'm looking, and this guy is in the back. The officer, Rivera, knocked out, sleep with his head back. He's in a chair, mouth open, everything. Inmate standing around him. I'm scared for him. I got my flashlight. I'm flashing it in there. Like, this guy was really comfortable. And then the next day or whenever, he gets busted at roll call with four kilos of cocaine around his waist. <laughs> I'm like, yo. That's oh, why he was comfortable. God. That's why he was comfortable. Um, it's a lot of stories that the public don't know because that was never in the papers. Nor is when I went to look him up to see if he was in the system, because even if you get discharged, you know, you get sentenced and discharged, your name stays in the system. If you go to New York State Inmate Lookup, your name stays there. His name is nowhere in there. So what happened to the cocaine and what happened to him? Like, who kept it? They've been selling drugs in there, which I've never seen, but I know they've been selling drugs in there for years. And another reason why I know that they've been selling drugs in there for years is because of my sister. My sister came on a job, and she was targeted by a crack dealing correction officer. And what they do is they, they target the new recruits, just like the, just like the um, drug dealers target um, 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 rap artists. R&B artists, anybody on the come up, basketball stars. They send the girls around them and they target them to get them strung out on drugs so they can get, when they get their money, they can get a cut of that. And that's what they had a correction officer do. So I know that they, they was dealing drugs in there, but as far as me ever seeing it, no. Well, yeah, drugs, they smuggled. Um, one of the officers, he did four years, Gary Hayward, he wrote a book too. He smuggled drugs. Um, I know he smuggled weapons. He just didn't cop out to it. But he was saying, I think he was crack, weed, all kinds of alcohol, Hennessy. He was bringing Hennessy in there. He was, um, they was paying for red velvet cakes. Like, like, and I don't get it because we make money. Like, it's a decent paying job. Greed. Just to be a babysitter. Well, he got caught. He did four years. Then he wrote a book. Like, to me, he's the worst of the worst. Because I know he brought in weapons as well, razors and stuff. Somebody else could have got, some officer could have got killed. And that's what's going on in Rikers now. Rikers is a zoo now. Now it's horrible. I would not take that job now. The Mm -hmm. inmates is rebelling now. They calling Mm -hmm. shots. And they hiring gang members coming in there, the Bloods and the Crips. They're hiring gang members. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Because uh, because Rikers, Rikers Island used to serve as a dump. It was a dump at one time before it became a county jail, right? <laughs> yeah. That's why it's, it's methane <laughs> gas. That's why people are catching cancer. Excuse me. Um... This guy's wife got sick with cancer. 
he took the soil. He tested. He had the soil tested, and it was and it was cancerous. His wife died from cancer. They knew it. One of my um, friends, she's a reporter. She did an article on it. It was a dump, and it got dead bodies under Rikers Island. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of unsettled souls. That's why it's always popping off. It's a lot of unsettled souls, um, and there's a lot of bodies buried under Rikers Island, as well as the state prisons. I'm quite sure you go to any state prison throughout the USA, they got a place where they murder inmates and bury them. Have the other inmates bury them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because what happens is when people go to jail, prison, their family members disappear on them. They write them off. And they know if they're not getting any phone calls, any any money in their commissary, any visits, and they target them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because um, I know we were talking, and said, uh, you know, back in uh, 2019, the city council voted for an uh, over $8 billion plan to close Rikers Island prison by, you know, and other New York City jails by 2026. Is that still, uh, is that still something that you've heard today, Robin? That they still plan I don't know on what doing they, that? They said they're closing it by, I heard, 2023. I don't know. De Blasio, the mayor, said 2023. I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> what I do know is before, they was looking for, because um, some of my early interviews, I was like, wait, so where are you going to put the inmates? Like, I was really upset. <laughs> like, where are you going to put the inmates and what happened to the officers? Like, um, but once I found out it was, and, and what they, what I heard they was going to do was they could try to build uh, 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 their own community because you got to go over a bridge to get to Rikers. Mm-hmm. So people wanted to build these little high-rise type situations, these billionaires, so these white folks can have their own community or the rich. So a lot of people was, you know, getting their money in it, really rich, not necessarily, you know, white, but just rich. It's getting their little coins together to to be a part of it. Um, but my thing is, after doing my own research, and then, like I said, one of my friends, she did the thing on the methane gas. Go ahead on over there then. Because you're going to have to deal with them unsettled souls. You'll be in your kitchen or your bathroom, and the spirit will be all up in there with you. <laughs> and then you got to deal with that methane gas. Everybody will be getting cancer in your household, too. So go ahead and build your little island. They need to tear it up. They need to just tear the whole thing down. Mm-hmm. It, it was built on a premise of, 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 of on a mindset of a plantation owner. Wow. And this was when something about I think that's with um, what's the thing? Thirteen. Um, Anna did the film. Anna, the, the filmmaker. Um, something thirteen. It was one of the amendments where we was free, but then they did something with the prison system. I can't think of the right. I can't think of the full story. Instead of freeing us, they put us in a prison. They put us in Rikers Island. So we were never free. It was a clause in something. What was the film she did? Something 13. It's like one of her first films. That's what got her a lot of recognition. Anna DuVernay. 
something like that? A- yeah, Ava DuVernay. Ava, Ava. I said Anna. Oh, my God. Ava, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anna. Ava. All right. So you know what you know you know what I say though. Let them build their utopia over uh, 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 a methane thing. Let and let them all get cancer and let them all die. Let them exactly enjoy enjoy themselves. Okay. Exactly. That's what they did. They need to close <laughs> it. Just saying. They need to. They need to. That's why it's it's it's. it's it's going to get worse and worse and worse. I'm telling you, unsettled souls. Yeah. And on Rikers Island, Rikers Island, a lot of these state prisons. I remember I I, I did some research. Um, this this father's son was in a New York state prison for a minor crime. I think he might have had two or three years, something like that. And he went, he had, he had spoken to his son like two months, and he wanted to send him a package, a food package. So he went on a New York State inmate lookup site, that I said, and to get his his son's numbers and the address or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when he looked his son up to get the numbers, his VIN numbers, next to his son's name said, Dead. His son was dead, and wow. nobody ever contacted him. He was dead and buried. They never contacted wow. him. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Somebody killed him. Uh, that, yep. That That's is crazy. The uh, movie is called Thirteenth, and it's on yeah. Netflix right now. Yeah. Thirteenth. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it was something with Thirteenth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but right, it's something yeah. about our rights, our rights, something like that. Uh, Mr. No Webin, welcome to the show. Uh, anything you want to ask, Robin? Um, no, no just, I don't have anything. Uh, hold on, Robin. Hold on a minute, Robin. Uh, oh, I thought you asked Mr. Me. No Weapon. No, I was talking No Weapon. No, no I'm Mr. just no enjoying weapon. the show. I'm just enjoying the show and listening to uh you and heard everybody else, and so whenever I have some time in, you know I will, but I appreciate the show. All right. Uh, um, go back with uh, Al. Any other questions, Al? Uh, I just want to say that I am so glad that God has chose you and put you in place to really get this out there to the public because people really need to know this, especially when all of this, H-E-L-L is going on, and, you know, it, it just, it's terrible. It is terrible. And I'm so glad that God put you in place because he chose you, and you are the one to really get this message out there, and you are doing a great job at it. You are really doing a great Thank job you. at it. You are well. Yeah, sometimes I say to God, why? Let me just enjoy my retirement. Some days I wake up, and I don't want to do it. Because I work so hard behind the scenes to try to make this happen, and God opens up another door. Yes, right. And I decide, oh, nothing's going to happen. God opens up another door. (laughs) So I can't even get away from it, even if I want. And that's when I started realizing about your calling. This is my calling. It's not about, 
me trying to be famous. It's not about Hollywood. I don't care about all that. I'm way past that age for all the hype and 15 minutes of fame and all that. What I do know is that what's going on behind them prison systems is wrong. It's just wrong. And I didn't see that to that extent while I was in city correction. I had no idea how bad state is. That's why when that George Floyd thing happened, mm-hmm. that look and that cop's eyes, I've seen so many times. And my colleagues' eyes, and I didn't make the connection because I never seen them in the actual. I only seen one beatdown um, when I was a rookie. And they beat the 17-year-old kid. I was taking a, a group of them to the 5 o'clock in the morning mess hall. And I always gave them the riot act when I, before we left. We get in that hallway, don't say nothing, keep your shirt in your pants, hands out your pants, and look straight ahead. Don't give them a reason to, to do anything to you. And they listen. And our union representatives was on the side of the wall, snatched the guy out of my line. It must have been like maybe 30, 40 inmates I was escorting to the mess hall, snatched him out the line and just started beating him down to carry these long flashlights. And I'm watching them, these long black metal flashlights, and I'm watching them just beat him in the top of his head. I still see it to this day. And that incident happened in 1983. And I wanted to say something, and something told me, you can't. And I never said, and the inmate's name was Deadeye, and the, and the guy that, that did it, he wound up becoming commissioner. During my career, he wound up becoming commissioner. I knew had I said something, I probably wouldn't even be there. I probably would have been fired. They would have set me up and everything. But I watched him Absolutely. beat this guy right in his head. And after that, they really got read the riot act before we left the housing area. They really got read the riot act. And after that, you know, you know, like you can't really say nothing, um, you know, because then the officers are on you, and you'll be sitting there alone. So it's like you want to speak up, but you can't. But I'm going to tell you what I did do is I wrote a lot of anonymous Anonymous letters with a fake name. (laughs) (laughs) And I was so outspoken with certain things, nobody ever knew it was me. Wow. I catch them doing stuff. I'll be somebody's grandma writing a letter. My name, I'll get a fake address. I'll mail it from the next borough. (laughs) Make sure my hand, my fingerprints ain't on it. <laughs> Damn. Oh, I had my way of telling stuff, especially uh, towards yeah. the end of my career. I was done. I was done with some what? of the racism that I've seen. I was done with some of the stuff that I've seen, period. And I would just write, I would write letters, right? And I knew when they dropped. Because then I watched all the bosses run to the office. <laughs> I sit and I ain't never tell nobody. 
I just sit back and laugh. Mm-hmm. Now everybody trying to be on it, trying to put their best foot forward now. It's a lot of stuff, yeah. Wow. All that's going in the TV series, too. <laughs> so, uh, anybody else got another question for Robin before we get ready to jump in? We're going to get ready to jump in to the, talk about the TV series. Anybody? All right. It, uh, DJ Sean, I would just like to say very quickly, sir, uh, ma'am, if you get a chance to please check into the Ohio Correctional Center. Uh, there is a lot that goes on. There is a lot that I have heard, that I have seen, that can be proven, um, that has been went going on for many years. Uh, there have been deaths of young girls uh, inside the jail uh, that was arrested for no uh, light on her bicycle. Um, there, there was just a lot, and so she ended up, um, passing away And the story was they made her crawl Out of the jail cell uh, The person that told me I believe um, There are so many um, People that need heart medication They do not get their medications When they need that There is a lot uh, There's just a lot of horror Complete horror stories that I've heard So I, I just wanted to say that um, Just because you are oh, A person you. Someone that can do something that has a voice and a stand, and I just thank you, thank you, DJ Sean. Uh, I just wanted to say that, sir. Thank you so much. Uh, let's let's but do see, this, uh, Robin. Uh, go ahead, see, Robin. That's I'm why. Sorry. Let me just say this. Mm-hmm. That's why. Like I wrote the book, right? And like I said, my thing is film. My thing is visual writings, films. But I know people don't read. So I knew that after I did the book, and like I said, the agreement I had with my maker that I have to do film. But I'm going from state to state. There's 50 Mm -hmm. states. And when I was doing the research, I couldn't believe, like, all of this stuff going on in the East. I literally went through the alphabet from A to Z. Every correctional facility from A to Z, state to state. And I found out all the same stuff you're talking about. So with the DOC, which is abbreviation for the Department of Correction, I'm literally going from state to state to expose each one of them. You'd be surprised. It's, 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 it's different stuff, too. And it's true stuff, just like you said, that can be verified. So it's like it's not that it's not true. Yeah, I'm going to dramatize it and, and take it to another level. You know, with my creativity, but the goal is to make people start paying attention. I'm going to do that. I'm going to hit people to the point, I'm going to touch you inside and make you want to protest. Like, I've got organizations that's going to stem from this. Like, it's just, it's, it's a movement. The DOC is going to wind up being a movement by the time I finish. So, I'm, Ohio's on the list, all of them. Oh, it just happens that New York is the first one because I'm in New York. But if you see the flyer, you can see that I'm hitting some of them, some of the other ones. But it's 50 states. That's why I said over 500 seasons. It's going to have the longevity of Law and Order. 
You see, law and order just keeps going and going and going and going. That's how the DOC is going to be. I'll be long gone and they'll still be filming. <laughs> they'll right. still be filming. Yeah. My grandkids, great-grandkids, their kids will be still getting a residual check. They will still be eating. No, it has to be exposed. It's wrong. And people don't know. It's not that they don't care. People don't know. Nope. Like, as much as you tell people until they feel it, see, it's no, not no. just about writing a, a TV series. It's about writing an effective series where I pluck your nerves. I pull every emotion out of you. You can't expect people to, to to have any compassion and they don't know. Just like white people have been hearing us for years um, about police brutality, about how they just targeting us, how they beating us. But it wasn't until they seen George Floyd and it wasn't until every woman heard him say, Ma, Mama, that people really understood, okay, now we see what you're talking about. So... Mm-hmm. Trust me, I got it. I'll put it this way, God got it. <laughs> right. And if anybody hasn't seen the eyes or uh the wire, that's basically those two uh sitcoms combined together is what you're putting in your and your sitcoms as well, right, Robin? Yes, yeah, the T V series. Yeah, it's 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 the shock value of Oz. Mm-hmm. I just watched Oz. Um, I just binge watched Oz a couple of weeks ago. And I love, I love Oz. It's the underground of the of the wire. Yes, love the wire that's too. What, that's what the yep. DC is. Yes, they going undercover. Mm-hmm. And the way I'm doing it, the way I wrote it, because the first season is already written. The way I wrote it. It's going to blow people's minds, but it's going to be effective. And it's going to give people ideals that are actually working in the prison system that is tired of it as well, but they need that paycheck. Because a correction officer, nobody really likes that job. Nope. But you've got to eat. you got to eat. Got to. Um... Uh, uh, Robin, uh, before we go any further, where where can people follow you at on social media? Where's the best, like if someone has a question and they want to talk to you privately about a loved one behind, uh, you know, behind the prison system on how they can help that loved one, how can they get a hold of you? Well, I'm on, um, I'm on all of them, Twitter, Instagram, all of them. But the main one that I'm on is Facebook. They go to Robin K. Miller, um, on Facebook, that's the one I stay on the most. Um, it's Facebook, and they can hit me in the inbox. They still, you know, people still hit me in the inbox. They have problems, or whatever, and I, I help them out. But Facebook is really the best one. I mean, they can find me on Instagram, Miss um, Robin K Miller. Um, and then if they send me a message there, I could, you know, I could respond to that. But Facebook is the one that I'm actually on the most. Like, I don't have a lot of time, but I have a lot of supporters, and and I do, you know, my inspirational blogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I always try to uplift people because we're living in some trying times. 
you know, so I always try to uplift and encourage, and I want people to be happy in spite of, you know, whatever they're going through. Like, so, but Facebook, Facebook is, is the main one. All right. Anybody else got any questions? Well, uh, Robin, I, I did tell you I was going to get you connected with uh, another radio station. That is Robin Lynn Maven. She has a radio station out of Seattle, Washington, and I'm quite sure she's she'll reach out to you and get her okay. and get you on her show. And Miss um, Benita Applebaum, um, she's got a, a radio show that's going to be uh, jumping off. She's on radio with us as well, um, out of Mississippi. I'll try to get you on her show as well uh, for for an interview on her her show as well too. Yeah. Okay. Because you know, like like Mr. Al Davis said this, and we talked. Well, me and you talked a lot. You know, this is something that needs to be uh, heard. And you know, I I sent you a couple articles about you know the prison system in in Florida. How it's you know the guards are all white supremacists. How they are. Yes. You know. Not, yeah. Oh yeah. That's everywhere. That's yep. why if if you look at did you saw the trailer um for the deal I mean for Rock Island, right? Yes ma'am. Mhm. See a lot of people when I was filming Rock Island they want to ask they ask me, you know, my people, you know, our people, they kill me, "Oh, why ain't no black people in it?" Cuz it's about officers and most of the officers that's doing the damage upstate is white. Most of the officers in the mountains is white. This is not about inmates. The inmates is the background. We've seen enough of them films. This is about the correction officers behind the prison walls, their lives behind and outside the prison walls. And it's not one TV series that focuses on what correction officers do behind the prison walls and outside the prison walls. That is crazy to me. That's why my lane is wide open. That's why I'm slaying right in my own lane. Because it's not one show. Have y'all seen any shows about that focuses solely on corrections? I'm not talking about movies that show the corrections. Nope. I'm talking about a TV series that comes Mm-mm. on every week nope. like Oz did. Mm-mm. No, right? Not that I can remember. No. And definitely not written by. See, that's a key, too. You have to be a correction officer that lived it, that knows how to write, that's an anointed writer that can write it. Because I'm quite sure all this time I've been running around saying this, oh, let me do one. And all these meetings I've had with these networks, affiliates, and all these people, you know, they say, oh, you shouldn't take your idea... Write it then. You can't write it the way I'm writing it. I you, lived you, it. You you've also you also had 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 some people recently tried to get you to send them your script and everything so they yeah. can take your idea, right? <laughs> yeah. So the network was interested. They saw my pitch bible, which they wasn't supposed to see. Oh, the network. Oh, they loved it. I'm sending your script over. I was like, what? <laughs> Who the fuck script? does that? Who the fuck does that's that? Like, that's like you sending the, the, the recipe to Popeye's chicken. <laughs> oh, I'm just supposed to just give it to you. So what the hell you need me for? <laughs> uh-uh. 
And then the guy that, that said it, he tried to argue me that, oh, they can't sell it. You know, just give them an NDA. What that mean? <laughs> what does NDA mean? They got the whole blueprint. They can just rearrange it. Yep. And right, they know where I'm going with it. See, nobody don't know where I'm going with it. Because, see, this is not a documentary. This is an actual film. Oh, and, it's, and it has such a comedic twist to it. Because some of this stuff that I'm writing, some of these stories that I'm telling, you can't make it up. Like, you just can't make this up. One of the, one of the um, um, episodes, which is true, about the officer that got his penis bit off. That's in the book as well. That was about by a man, inmate, right? By the male oh. inmate. <laughs> as we used to call him, he, she. He had him in a closet. He was a sanitation officer. Had him in his closet, the sanitation slop sink closet. Um, <laughs> I guess he was supposed to get an inmate some money or food or whatever for his services. <laughs> and he didn't pay <laughs> up. And the inmate bit his penis off. Oh, and the officer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, the, and the officer, I think the officer got fired, but the officer committed suicide. The officer was married with kids and had a girlfriend. <laughs> and a she and the man. Girlfriend, that's how, that's how, and say it's a small world. The girlfriend used to go out with my ex-husband before I started going out with him. <laughs> so I knew the story was true. Oh, no. As a matter of fact, she was wow. cheating on my husband, which was, you know, he wasn't my husband at the time. She was cheating on him with this guy <laughs> who was married with kids. Wow. I guess that mm-hmm. Oh, I, I guess got that some cur- stories. Because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that the public never heard, <laughs> never knew about, wasn't in the papers, nothing. <laughs> I guess that correction officer will always have a limp. <laughs> yeah, everybody, all the men, when I say bit his penis off, all the men have their penis, right? <laughs> Ooh. And the way I wrote it, it's funny. Believe it or not. It's funny. Always have but a limp. But it ain't. But it's funny. You got, what do you got to say about that, Mr. No Weapon? <laughs> <laughs> I have no comment. Not right now. <laughs> but people oh, need to know stuff now. like this. That's why I said oh, that blue man. wall is black. I'm telling it all. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm telling like, it all. Yeah, she put names <laughs> out there, boy, like I do on the radio. She throwing names out there like I do. Fuck it. <laughs> let you, let oh, yeah. know. I mean, I can't do that. <laughs> And In the right film, out. you know, the names are changed to protect the innocent oh, and the guilty. Me. Not here on this radio. <laughs> Shoot, I, I thought that's right. What minute. are they going to do? Not a damn thing, but snitch. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> get mad. DJ Sean talk about me again on the radio. Well, that's what the hell you get for ear hustling. You're out. Keep on ear hustling. Yeah. Get your feelings hurt. Well, I'm so going to keep this definitely flowing. Oh, yeah, Robin, um, 
like I told you, anything that we can do here on the radio for you, you know, push push anything that you, any materials, you know, any shows, um, you know, when get, everything gets gets good for you, we'd love to have you come back, you know, and talk about, you know, the the cast, bring some of the cast members on, and talk about. Well, right about, now you know, I'm trying to get. Um, right now I'm in the stage. I'm past development, going into pre-production. Okay. I um. I have two budgets that I'm, I'm I have on the table. One is for four and a half million. One is for six and a half million. The six and a half million I'm trying to get Sanai Latham to play me, and I'm trying to get Benicio del Toro in it um, to play one of the main um, characters. Wow. But and then I have okay, Royce Johnson. Benicio Benicio played in Power, didn't he? I think I interviewed him before. Benicio Del Toro, the guy that played in Escape at Danamora? Yeah, and I think, didn't he also play in Power? I, uh, I don't know, I haven't watched Power. Second season? Okay. I never watched Power, so I, mm. I don't know. But I, he's he, that's, he looks, he, what is he, Mexican, right? Mm-hmm. Puerto Rican. Yes. He's Mexican, right? Puerto Rican, that, Mexico, yeah. he's a, yeah. uh, that uh-huh. flavor. Oh, he's that a phenomenal flavor. actor. He would be great. His price is high, though. His price, just for that pilot, is over a million dollars. So that's the why I in that one. Then I have Royce Johnson. That's the one that was in Daredevil and For Life. And yeah, as a fact, he's executive uh, producer yeah. of the DOC. And then the other budget is four and a half um, million. I already have two and a half million of that. So I'm looking for... To avoid going straight to the networks, because I had a lot of meetings with networks affiliates um, for a lot of these networks, to avoid going straight to them and losing Mm -hmm. a certain amount of power, I would prefer to film it myself and then go to the networks um, and work work a deal like that. But it's whatever God says at this point. So my thing is I already have two million on the table. I need another two and a half more, um, either one or two more investors, and then I'll be right. filming. Next year I'm going to film two anyway. Million. So, it, All right, Mrs. No Weapon, she needs you out there on the stage with your Michael Jackson jackets on, man, doing some thriller. You need <laughs> two and a half million. <laughs> and my thing is, 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 like I tell any of them I have these meetings with, it's not up to them, it's up to God. Whoever God wants to go on this journey, because I already know, this is going to blow everything out the water. I also know I need a machine behind me because this is big. This is oh, going to yeah. be big, and this is going to be out there for a long time like Law & Order. So it's a matter oh, yeah. of not if it's going to happen. It's a matter of when and with who. Right. That's the whole thing. So my thing is I just want to make sure the right people are coming along with me because I done met a lot of sharks. A lot of liars, a lot of con artists, and scammers during this journey when I started with the film. Back into, I've been doing film since 1994. I call all of that time my training. Now I'm ready for prime time. That's why I did my own package. I had my own, I did the pilot script. I got evaluations from professional people. I did the pitch deck which they call a pitch deck, pitch Bible, and I did the budget sheet. 
See, I ain't have money to hire people to do all of that. See, a lot of times people don't work on stuff because they don't have money. No, when you don't have money, to me, it's better because you learn it. And I learned this stuff and I perfected it. That's why I'm able to attract the people that I need, hopefully, to go to the next level. But I'm already halfway there because I have $2 million on the on the table. Mm-hmm. So once I bring in some more investors, it's a go. They care about the money. They're going to eat because this thing is definitely going to be a win-win because there's not one out there. Like I said, you have Oz, male inmates. You have Orange is the New Black, female inmates. And now you mm-hmm. have the DOC, correction officers. Oz and Orange is the New Black was very successful. <laughs> sure was. And Orange is the New Black was just too watered down for me. It wasn't realistic enough for me. But it worked. It was entertaining. I watched it. Eventually I watched it. It was entertaining, but I would have probably did a better job with that. I can also tell that a correction officer or inmate didn't, uh, really a correction officer didn't consult on that film. No. The inmates was just too soft porn for me. I would have went harder. Did you watch Orange is the New Black? I, I I started it, but I couldn't get into it. It was exactly. too weak for me. Yeah. It was too weak exactly. for me. Exactly. It was yeah. too soft porn, right? Yeah, and boring. <laughs> yeah. Really boring. And, it's a, yeah. and also the the other one, the uh, the one that was something was wrong with her in the head, the black one. Right? Yeah, she, yeah. I think, she was the best thing of I it. Think, yes, she was, but I I think that they could have done – a really better job of representing the struggle for mental exactly. illness. It was no build-up to it. She came right out the gate. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, see, they didn't yep. build her up. She came out just crazy. I would have did yeah. a better job with it, too. But out of the entire thing, she was the one that shined the most. Yeah. That's, I guess that's why she got the and, award. But I could yep, the, the writing... And, it was just weak. It, to me, it was too weak, and it, to me, it wasn't as authentic as what really goes on mm-hmm. in the female prison. Mm-hmm. Even Sorry. the setting. And I always have a problem when they when they make comedy out of mental health. I just can't laugh about that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I have I have that in 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 the DOC. Where I mm-hmm. I bring up like one of the one of the um, inmates is mentally challenged, and I handle it totally different. I don't handle it as a joke, but the yeah. the, the particular inmate handles them as a joke. I flip the script. Wow. Oh, I flip the mm-hmm. script on that. So. So nah, you, with uh, the, with the mm-hmm. um, I want I Thank anticipate you. filming um the DOC early 2022. Oh yeah, that's what I was getting ready to ask you when you start. When you're going to be start? Uh, I got to get the money when, first. I got to yeah. I got to either get the money right. or I got to see where God is shifting it. Either get the money or go straight to the networks because I've been having a lot of um, they're coming at me now. They're really coming at me now to come on board. And I'm not just going to just settle with anybody. 
it's a couple of people that I've been talking to since since April that I'm really I really want to work with them. One female in particular, Melissa English. Um, I really want to work with her. She's been really um, trying to pull this through for me. Right. And she's a female, and they don't like to let us shine in this game. Like, this is a man's world we live in. we got to fight extra hard to find our place in it. But one thing that I do know is that this is the time for social injustice um, films. This is the time for... Uh, minority filmmakers, especially black females, they're opening the door a lot more for us now. So I know that my time is now with this particular TV series. So I'm just, um, I, it's just right now I'm just going to continue to work. I got, you know, I got other stuff that I'm working on as far as the scripts, the um, Tales from the Pens. That's going to be my next series after this takes off. And that's about it. All right. Well, again, Robin, where can people follow you at again on the social media, sweetheart? They can find me on Twitter, Robin K. Miller, but I'm Holly on that. Um, they can find me on Instagram, Miss Robin K. Miller, but I'm primarily on Facebook, Robin Middle Mr. K. Miller, or if they can't find me on Facebook, what they can do, which is best for them to do, is Google Robin K. Miller, and everything pops up. And everything, like all my footage and interviews and Mm -hmm. um, stuff is on my YouTube channel. Did you listen to the interview with me and and the judge and Michael Eric Dyson? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, that that was that, that was one of my best interviews too. Yeah. Um, that on YouTube, I got all my interviews, all the stuff that I've done, most of it that I've done thus far. Um, this they, interview will they, go on there next. They can go. They'll, they can go to your website as well too, right? You have a website as well, right? Yeah, I got to update it though. RobinKMiller.com. dot com. Yeah, I got to update it. Yeah. I just, I definitely oh. got to update it. I haven't had time, but yeah, a lot of stuff is up there. Mm-hmm. Um, if they check out Rock Island, um, the, the trailer and the sizzle, they can get an idea of where I'm going. What, my, what I anticipated when I shot it in the end of 2017, the beginning of 2018, that was supposed to be um, the thing to put me out there. Like the DLC would have never happened had Rock Island happened, but after I went into editing, and looked at over 100 hours worth of film, the acting was not up to par. The, the actors, right. they said all the lines right, and they memorized them, but they weren't real actors because they didn't wear the character. Yeah, wear the so character. So after spending over $50,000, yeah. I was only really with one minute worth of footage out of 100 mm-hmm. hours, and I had to throw in stock footage in order not to be totally embarrassed. But Rock exactly. Island, if you look at Rock Island, you'll get an idea of how hard I'm getting ready to go. Oh, I'm going hard. Oh, yeah. I and see I'm telling that the truth. If I get with any network and they try to get me to water it down, I'm not doing it. 
it has to be my way or I'm not doing it, then why do it? Exactly. So that's why I want to go to HBO. I want to go to HBO or Showtime. Like, they need, HBO need another series like that. They had Oz and the Sopranos. They don't really have anything. Like, Stars is, is killing them right now. Yeah, 50, like 50 Cent got is really doing his thing. Stars, and they just dominating yeah. the game right now. And he got another one getting ready to come out with the white guy from Power. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's going to be tight. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, so HBO, they'd be smart if they come in on it now. And give me the money I want. Or Showtime or Cinemax. They need a boost. <laughs> like, because I'm okay. watching HBO Max now, and I'm like, what the hell has happened? <laughs> like, where, what happened? And HBO was the first before the rest of it came along. Yes. Yep. I'm watching The Wire on HBO Max. Like, what happened? Was The Wire originally on HBO? Uh, the wire was on. Was it HBO? I was thinking, but yeah, it was HBO. Yeah, it was on. It, yeah, they were all on HBO, and then they created yep. HBO Max to put a lot of their archive stuff on and made it premium so that they could make money. And yeah. and and we need to be doing the same thing over at yep. I Am Streaming. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, HBO needs me right now, so. But that's when I yeah. started writing it. That's where I said I wanted to go with because they was willing to go out the box. But there's a lot of them is willing to go out the box now. Mm-hmm. But I just want yeah. to go to HBO. I don't know why. Yeah, they, it is HBO yeah. Max. Yeah, the wire. The wire did five seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I just 60, watched them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Six yeah. episodes. Mm-hmm. I was sad yeah. it ended. Me too. Yeah, me too. I was too. sad it ended. It was good. I just good. finished it last week. Yeah. I'm glad I watched it after I finished writing. I mean, I watched, yeah, watched it after I finished writing. But I always knew that because I only saw one, probably one episode of each back then. See, um, when it came out years ago, I couldn't watch law enforcement, any films with law enforcement. Being a correction officer, I didn't want to see anything about law in my spare time. And that's Man, why I'm surprised even... I'm even writing one. Damn. I didn't even know. I, I, I did six seasons, too. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was sorry and you know, ended, too. And, you know, a lot of the guys that played in Oz are playing in uh, Law and Order. A lot of those guys and the Wire. Law and Order. Yeah, and the Wire, A lot too, of them yeah. went over to the Wire, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anybody oh, we talked a long time. Hey, we, hey, when we get you on the radio, we keeping you. <laughs> hey, anybody else? Anybody else got it? Hey, Mister Noah, have you got any questions now? Uh, surprisingly oh. to you and everybody. Surprisingly to you and everybody else, I don't. Wow, not even, not even the, not even the guards having sex with the female officers behind the prison system. Not you, no. Don't give me something. Wow. I, I'm not doing nothing. I'm gonna send somebody over there to check your damn temperature. Shit. <laughs> 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 
And the other time you wide open about about women and all that, you ain't got nothing to say to Damn. I, 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 ain't, I ain't got nothing to say. I, surprisingly, I have nothing to say. Well, you must have had a long day to it all. Me. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. Damn. All right. Woo wee. But uh, Robin, uh, I appreciate you again, sweetheart, for uh, accepting the uh, invitation to come on here tonight and be with us and, uh, and tell us your story. Like um, like Mr. Al said, uh, you are the you. Uh, the key piece uh, for everybody to know what's going on, what needs to go on. You know, I know a lot of people are like, God, let me let me call my. Let me wait for for Leroy to call me so I can ask him, what the hell's going on or where you at? It, it, it's, yeah, they need to. I'm on? telling you. Yeah, yeah. They need to. Look, just put the phone on. You can't get up here to see them. The phone is cheaper now. I know it is in New York. Like It's, it's like a dollar call now for half an hour. So it's like at least keep that line of communication open. Mm-hmm. And a right. lot of them guys is in it. They put them in solitary confinement. They're mentally challenged now. Everybody that comes out of prison needs to go straight into counseling and needs to be checked out. So it's like when they feel they got nobody and, they, and, it's, and it's hopelessness, that's not cool. We, 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 that's we not talked, cool. Uh, Robin, we talked Monday morning about this, uh, um, about this inmate uh, in Louisiana. He, uh, he shot, he was 17 years old. He got startled and he shot the sheriff. In Baton Rouge back in uh, 1963, and they just uh, the state of uh, Louisiana. After he did 58 years, he's 75 years old. They granted him parole. What do you, how do you think uh, his state of mind is going to be getting back out into society? He's going to be like that guy and. Um Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Not Morgan Freeman, the other guy that came home and the white guy. If he ain't uh-huh. got, if his family is gone, that's you said. How do you adjust? Exactly. And prison is all he knows. Mm-hmm. They're like family behind them prison walls. Believe it or not, a lot of them do stick together and look out for each other, but. But then again, too, 75 is not like 75 back in the days. 75 back in the days used to look like you was on your last leg. 75 now, I don't know. I, he, he can't, the prison system is all he knows. That's his family. That's his life. He probably don't want to go home. Did he have family? It didn't say. It didn't say. He, he probably didn't even want to go home. Didn't say. Oh, that's the only crazy. thing. The last thing. Crazy. The only thing I remember is before he went in, that's still going to be in his mind. And everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was look, we, it was on computers nothing. Right. Yep. His 1963 oh, is when he went in. You know, he he was... And then, you know, um, it didn't really say uh, the, why he shot. Well, you got to understand, there, you know, uh, the conversation that we had was 
you know, I I wasn't defending them. I was like, well, you gotta understand back, you know, those days in the South, you know, they were they were lynching young black men, so yeah, he was protecting himself. And yep. you know, you had a white guy come up from behind you. He start he startled him, and so he shot him. That's probably what it was. I'm from Louisiana, so so I'm I man, listen, I, I'm 48 years old, and so my mom and grandmama used to tell me. So I guarantee you, it was self defense. He just went to prison because he killed a white person. That's what exactly. He, he probably was defending himself. Mm-hmm. You from Louisiana, you know, Absolutely. so you still you live there now. Absolutely. So you know Royce Johnson. I, 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 that name doesn't ring a bell, but he I, just I got have to the look. key to the city. What what happened to him? He just got the key to the city. He's an actor. Uh, yeah, he's an actor. Yeah, he's well. He's exec, he's my he's my best friend, but he's executive producer for the DOC, and he's an actor. He just got the key what to part, the city. Part of Louisiana, though. See, that matters. Um, New Orleans, what, New Orleans. I don't know nothing about yeah, New, New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans. The yeah, mayor, the female mayor. Yeah. What's her name? Yeah, I know. You're, I know you're talking about that's that's south of me. Like I'm 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 at the north. Oh, okay. I'm at the north. I'm I'm like five hours away from New Orleans. Oh, okay. I got you. Well, that's probably I, why I haven't I been out. Last time I was out there, my mother took me. I was about six, seven years old. Yeah, yeah. New Orleans. So you said Louisiana. I know that's, that's still New Orleans, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, but it's like it's, it's all New Orleans, away. but it's a part in. Yeah, it's, it's part right? of Louisiana. It's like at the bottom. It's at the bottom of Louisiana. I'm at the top. Okay. I'm at the north. That's yeah, top. he just got the key to the city. He just met with okay. the city council, and he's a fish. He got his own day out there now. Okay. Um, I'm gonna look him up. Uh, yeah, Royce Johnson. Got another question. His family's from yeah. out there, so you might probably know some of his family because they on that side. I, I remember him mentioning, um, um, what you talking? Yes, what is it? Baton Rouge, right? That's Am out. I saying it right? Yeah, that's out. That's out. Also, that's, that's an hour away from. Yeah, he got family. He he grew, he he grew up out there. Okay. He okay. got family I'm all looking. over. All his family's out there. Yeah, I'm look him up. up. He just got the key to the city. He's okay. one of my lead actors, but he's executive producer, one of the executive producers for the DOC. Okay. He's taking his journey with me, too. He's a good guy. Robin? Yeah. Um, what about the inmates that uh, that their sentences, they're not supposed to get out of jail. They're meant to die in prison, but they get cancer or some other sort of uh, 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 sickness, right? Instead of them sending them to the infirmary, they'll give them compassionate uh, releases. And that kind of boggles my, my, my mind. Does that happen a lot everywhere? What, did they let them go home? That they let them like they have a sentence, like like life without parole or something like that. Then they get elderly and they get cancer, and or something like that. And so so they give them compassionate releases. Well, I don't know anybody like that, but um, I know they don't care. You can have cancer, wow. or whatever. They could care less. You doing your time. If you're going to die in here, you just die in here. They don't care. 
That's why with COVID, they don't care. They didn't give them masks and, and stuff like that. They didn't even care about the officers either. Officers, a lot, they don't get no respect either. Even wow. the, even the KKK ones, they don't care about them either. So they go in and they do their own thing. Mm-mm-mm. They don't care. Well. You die in prison, they don't care. Because they make it money. As a matter of fact, they hope they don't give you any uh, medical. If they give you any medical attention, they got a problem with that because their health insurance is so high. They're premiums. Oh, they're giving them free health care. The same, the same um, energy they have about immigrants getting health care, they got the same thing about inmates getting health care uh-huh. in there. You get sick in there, they could care less. One of my friends just came home. Something happened to his back while he was in prison. They didn't even look out for him. He came home in a wheelchair. Wow. And he just had surgery on his back while he's home. And he said they gave him a rusty wheelchair at that. Wow. Yeah, they don't care. That's crazy. If they give him a compassionate release, at least they get out. Hopefully they get out and and bounce back. (laughs) Be like, psych, I ain't really sick. (laughs) I beat cancer. <laughs> it's a miracle. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, <laughs> Robin, again, uh, we want we, time is getting on almost uh, eight more minutes left in the show, so six minutes. Uh, so uh, again, we want to thank you again uh, for being part of the show. You know, I'm going to be reaching out to you on the daily just to check in with you. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate it. Thank you. you for having me, too. Well, no problem. I'm going to get you set up with Robin, uh, Robin Lynn. Um, I'll make sure she gets your information as well, and you guys can coerce on when she want to get you on her show and things like that, too. Okay. Oh, okay. yeah. Got to get the word any, out. Any encouragement words you oh, want to leave yeah. with? Any encouragement words you want to leave with uh, loved ones that have, you know, people in uh, prison or county jail or city jails? Any encouragement words you want to leave them with? Reach out to them. Make sure that if you can't visit, make sure that you put the phone on. Make sure that, and another thing, they starving them. Everybody think it's three hots in the cot that got it made in there. No, they starving them in there. And I know in the New York prison, they feeding them soy. A lot of, them, a lot of these prisons, they took meat off the menu. They want them to lose all their muscle mass so they can beat them up, so they can't be cock diesel and, and fight back. Just reach out to them. Write them. Send them a card. Let them know that they got family members out there. And be consistent with it. Like, put yourself in a place. What if something happened and, and, and God forbid, you had to go to prison? Would you want people just leaving you for dead? No. I can't. I don't understand that. I, I just don't, I don't get that. Reach out to your family members behind those prison walls. 
whether they're innocent or guilty, they still your family. I just can't get over that. All right. Encouraging enough? <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Sure is. Watch yes, when that DOC come out. People gonna be running to the prisons. Watch. Hell yeah. They gonna be running. You know how many lawsuits they could have? You wanna make some money? They could make money from the that, behavior of and, what's going on behind the prison. They violate their rights on a regular basis. Any uh, anybody that's listening, anybody, uh, Al, any of y'all got any family members in in jail, or prison, or anything? Nobody, anybody? Yes, yes, sir. My niece is in the uh, prison um, in Ohio. Yes, sir. Okay. She's in prison. She's yeah, been in the women's prison. Okay. God bless her. Terrible. Let me say this. Terrible. Let me say another thing. People come out. This is a thing that I don't like that I hear people say um, when they come out of prison. Oh, I heard a mother say this about her son. Oh, I'm not messing with him. Oh, I thought he learned after the first time. Learn what? If they in there abusing you and beating you up, you got to wreck it now so it's hard for you to get a job when you get out. What is What are you supposed to be learning? There you go. They messing up. They coming. Your first time in prison? Oh, you coming out touched. You will never be the same. So what are they learning? What they need when they come out? They need some love. They need some help. Now, if they, if they, if they, if they need counseling. Now, if you're not in a position to do that, I don't know what to say, but I don't want to, I hate to hear people say that. Oh, they should have learned a lesson. You done got beat up by, by the KKK, thrown in solitary confinement, and spit and put feces in your food. What are you supposed to learn? And then it's a cold. You can't speak about it. And, you know, men don't talk. Women, we tell it all. We snitch all day long. But men in the prison system, it's a cold. You don't snitch. I wrote that in the book. You don't snitch. No, coming any any stint, whether it's uh, thirty days or thirty years, something's gonna you're gonna lose something upstairs. And the last thing a person should do is turn their back on it, and they're gonna come out angry. It might be misdirected anger too. But to me, you find a way to reach them. If you don't, they're going to go and they're going to start getting high because they want to escape all that abuse that they took behind those prison walls that they can't talk about. Wow. Well, you guys heard it first here on the Hilltop Radio Show. (laughs) (laughs) Cricket! Well, you guys, uh, Monday night... uh, Monday night we have another uh we got a artist uh we got a female artist and then uh second hour of the show we got Tara uh Tara what's Tara 
Well, y'all know I'm horrible with names and stuff. Tara Towns, Towns. She's uh, uh, she, uh, she created the Bullying Buddy, which is an app for all kids. Elementary kids, middle school kids, high school kids. It's an app where they can get help of being bullied and stuff. Uh, she's going to be um, on the show next next uh, Monday night uh, with us and talking about the reason why she did that because her son was bullied. And uh, we're going to be talking. Talk, she's going to be coming on with us, and we're going to be talking about that. And uh, we're going to be on here with a couple of artists as well, dropping their their new music as well too so we got a busy night uh next monday night here on the hilltop radio show you guys so yeah good yeah you know try to add a you know we do a lot of music robin so i said you know what i had to go back to awarenesses you know bringing awareness back to the radio and stuff too along with the music because you know a lot of people can get a lot of things out on you know what you said tonight and miss tara talks about, you know, uh, the bullying as well, too. Yeah. Because people yep. need to know about that as well. Yeah. Everybody has a calling. They just got to find out what it is and just go at it. And it's usually connected to your pain. Yeah. Exactly. So that's great. Yeah. Well, again, Ms. Robin, thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. And anything thank you, you need love from you us, too. we got you. We got you. Cool. We got yes, we do. Yeah, we got it. DOC you. is coming soon. That's right. All right. All right, Mr. Yeah. Right, Mr. Yeah. No Webber, you want to play one of the inmates? <laughs> Ain't that many inmates. That's the whole hey, thing. Hey, Ain't yeah. that many inmates. I'll play it. They hey, in the hey, background. Hey. Show me the money. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Show me the money. <laughs> Show me the money. I got two men on the table, so I'm good already. So I'll somebody want somebody want throw some donations donations your way, uh, Robin? How can they do that? Throw a donation your way. I ain't doing no go more, no more GoFundMe's and all that. That's what I did for the <laughs> for the Rock Island. Oh I'm no! I thought somebody want to write you a check. Oh, if somebody want to write me a check, they contact you to contact me. Okay. <laughs> they, I mean, investors, yeah, you want to invest? Come on. They better come okay. in now because they ain't going to be able to come in later. All right, y'all. Nah, come in now. Get that ching-ching in, damn it. <laughs> yep. They're going to be sorry later on because I know this is going to be a hit. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. I could just stick with the book. That's good enough. And God keep opening all these doors. That's what I already know. When I was ready to give up, he sent the billionaire. I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't even know the guy was a billionaire either. He's an heir. H-E-I-R. I didn't even realize that either. Mm. Good guy, money, too. Money, money, money. Yeah, and he's and yeah. no paperwork. Very respectful. Never, never looked at me sexually. Never complained. He's seen that ruckus going on because it was straight-up guerrilla filmmaking. Like, I do, like, five days straight. Filming in horrible conditions. Nah, Damn. so no, I'm gonna get it. I ain't worried about it. I'm the, the other two, two and a half. I'll get it. God will send whoever. I just wanted right. to make sure it's God sending the person and not the devil. Oh yeah. 
That's I want true. the devil hands nowhere near this project. The devil been trying to get to it too. Hell yeah. All right. All right. Two hours, Again. three minutes, yes, four minutes. <laughs> I'll talk all night. But everybody gotta go. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, you though. Good Thank night. you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. This feels good. I haven't done an interview, like I said, almost three years. Oh, you ain't Great. done yet. I'm going to still connect you with a lot of people I know that would know, love to I have know. you on their show. Ain't over. Oh, because people be- need to know. we just beginning. It's just the beginning. Trust me. This is really important. This is really important. So. I know. I know. All I know right, everybody. I know Miss Peggy already sent your friend request. <laughs> I'm gonna look on it. I'm gonna look when I hang uh, up from from this. I'm gonna look. I'm waiting till I get off, sir, because you know I don't want to miss nothing. Yes, sir. Hey, <laughs> gotta make sure every Friday. It's my blog. Happy Fabulous Friday. I've been doing it for seven years on my Facebook page. All right. It's like having. It's like sitting in my living All room. Right. We having a conversation. I talk right, about y'all. real life stuff. It's just, they make me do it, though. I, I, a lot of times I don't want to do it, but I have to do it it's every Friday for the last seven years. I got people all over the world tuning in to read my blog on my Facebook page. So, All right. Tomorrow Everyone night. have a great evening. You do the same. If I don't speak to you, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's. Release Lavi. We don't speak again. Yes. Okay. All right. Have a good night. Yes, ma'am. Nice right. to meet you. Nice to meet you too. All right. Good night. Right. Good night. Make sure y'all read my book too. Get my yep. book. It's on Amazon. Oh. I don't have any get more it. copies left. Otherwise, I'll yep. send it to yep. you. If you're upstate New York, you can't get it. <laughs> no, if you're in a prison, you can't get it. Oh, you can't get it if you're in a prison. In prison, yeah. <laughs> Ain't going to be no All stopping. All right, everybody stopper. have a good night. All right. Night. All right. All right, you guys, that was Robin K. Miller, author, model, entrepreneur, uh, motivational speaker right here on the Hilltop. Like I said, uh, um, on some nights, man, we're going to be bringing back uh, awareness back to the shows instead of just music, 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 music all the time. Um, I got I to gotta go back to my original format, uh, bringing um, different, you know, authors and, you know, stuff on uh, on the radio so we can get something, something, you know, get something out of life instead of music all the time. You know what I'm saying, Mr. Al Davis? I got you, my brother. Yeah, we wanna I'm gonna try to get uh try to get one of them entrepreneurs on here that can, you know, make them jeans from that song you got, them jeans. <laughs> try to find try to find the creator that, that made uh uh Mr. No Weapons Michael Jackson thriller jackets, you know, get him get them on here. Really? I mean, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, really. The red and the white and the black one, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's do this real quick. Uh, Miss Peggy, let everybody know where they can follow you at on social media, real quick. Yes, sir. You can find me on uh, Clubhouse, 
Twitter, Twitch, uh, Facebook, TikTok, and the best show on the whole entire planet, and that is the Hilltop Radio Show. And shout out to you, DJ Sean, for everything you do, sir. All right, Robin Lynn Maven. Okay. You can find me over this weekend over there at VibesLive.com. We're going to have hard rap going Friday and Saturday night and gospel music explosion and jazz, Vibes Live Jazz and Blues on Sunday. And then right that. here at the Hilltop Radio Show and then everywhere else at Robin Lynn Maven. Twitter, Facebook, they, LinkedIn, Instagram, everywhere. Well, they're going to be doing a bunch of cussing and fussing and shooting guns, and then they're going to church. Ain't that something on Vibeslife Radio? That's right. <laughs> just from hard rap straight to church. Diet is just like that, literally. Smoking weed and drinking their 40s. Go ahead, this is no weapon. Where, <laughs> where can they follow you at? That's something, boy. That Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. YouTube, TikTok, uh, Mr. No Weapon, MR No Weapon, or you can find me here four or five nights a week on Hilltop Radio Show with DJ Sean. All right. My big brother, Mr. Al Davis, where can they follow you at, my brother? I know yes, you somewhere this weekend, right? Yes, I am somewhere uh, Saturday. Okay. And they can find me on Facebook, Instagram, it's Al Davis, and definitely can find me on the Hilltop Radio Show with the one and only DJ Sean. And where are you at this weekend, my brother? As a, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be in South Dublin. Not Dublin? Not oh. it's, it's probably about a, I guess about an hour drive for me. Oh, okay. So you home? You home? You in home? Right. You in home? Um, so good. Mr. No Weapon, you got a show coming up soon, right? Uh, it was New Year's Day. It was changed to uh, January the twenty-sixth. Wow! Damn. Mm. That might as well wait until Valentine's Day to do the damn show then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll be I'll be at the nearest uh, stripper pole on Valentine's Day. I bet you will. Your Michael Jackson thriller jacket too. He on the pole stripping to beat Billy Jean. The red one and the black one. Put a baby pamper on. Oh man! All right, y'all. Y'all have a good. Don't forget tomorrow morning. I'll have a. I'll be breaking some reggae music tomorrow morning on DJ Sean in the morning. And you guys have an awesome weekend. And uh, don't forget, Monday night, right here on the Hilltop Radio Show, we got a full house, a full throttle. We got some good independent artist music, and we're also going to be uh, here with the uh, CEO of the uh, the Bullion Buddy app, um, with Ms. Tara Townsend. So you guys have a good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Peace, love, and hair grease, and we out of here. All right. Peace. A dose of hope coming at ya. This is Hope Cherie administering your daily dose of hope. Free at last, free at last. 
thank God Almighty we are free at last. This is the way God wants you to be, free. Don't dim your light because it's too bright for others. Be free, be free to love, and free to be. Just shine, 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 my love. This dose is brought to you by A Dose of Hope.